Craft Beer Radio, episode 411, on January 30th, 2017. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio. Uh, it's really neat that you wanted to, to wanted to start it before the music starts. We normally don't do that, but I, I just yeah, found it was. I just thought there was room with the seagulls to, to squeeze it in there. Sure, but sure. Anyway, that was Shark Fighter. From, shark Fighter fights sharks. Aquabats. Ah, the Aquabats. Uh, good song of Aquabats is their. Uh, they have an opening theme. Okay. That they play. I just. I don't know, came across them somehow. It might, it might be good to, to play actually as as a as a commercial song. So. Oh, okay. There you go. Cue that puppy up. Mm-hmm. Tonight's show is a grab bag. It is uh, fridge is getting kind of low, so kind of clean out the fridge. But what we are doing tonight is we got the new Spiegelau mm-hmm. beer glasses, the ones they call their barrel aged beer glass. They uh, paired up with a couple of different breweries, like when they did the IPA glass, right? It was Dogfish and Sierra Nevada. Mm-hmm. And then when they did the stout glass, it was left hand. Maybe someone else. I'm not sure. The wheat glass was with bells. The barrel aged beer glass is Green Flash, Uinta, Great Divide, and someone I'm forgetting right now. But we had people asking us about these glasses. Yes. So, what do you think so far? What do I think so far? So, uh, a little bit of background before we get it. Actually, we should get a beer and then talk about the glasses. Wouldn't that make more okay, sense? Okay, sure. Because then we could actually say what we think when we're actually tasting beer. All right, so what do you want to start with? You want to start with the... Um... Do... I don't know, you want to do this guy? Sure. All right, so Heather got me this beer for my birthday. All right. And uh, the dude at Whole Foods kind of... Helped her out and suggested this. This is the Goose Island Jillian 2016. Okay, so this is, as uh, Jeff said, from Goose Island. It's a Belgian-style pharmacist. Wow, it's 9.5% alcohol volume, starting out big. These are all kind of big, so yeah. that's just going to be the way Actually, the on the goes. back it says it's under 9. It says uh, 8.8. It's actually yeah. in the laser code, so maybe it varies. Maybe it varies. This is... Uh, this is what's on their website, uh, but we have what we have in our class right now is a 2016 version. Do you want to pour a little bit in the other glass? Yeah, we could do that. Uh, the malts that are used are two-row Pilsen and Torrified Wheat. They do not, uh, they have a place for the hops, but they don't say what hops they are. Um, probably because, I mean, as a farmhouse, it's not hops really not very apparent. Right. They probably use, like, uh, like Lambics, they use a dry and um, old hops, right? Uh, no, farm, I mean, farmhouse doesn't typically use old hops like lambics do. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's not going to be a huge, you know, part of, of the profile of the beer. You know, sometimes you'll see these hoppy ones, but generally no. All right. So the beer glass that is like the official tasting glass mm-hmm. of craft beer radio is a glass from Spiegelow. Um, it, got, it goes by two names. It's either the beer tulip or the Pilsner glass. And it's not a tall flute like. You might think when you hear Pilsner glass, it's kind of a name that the Germans gave it <laughs> back before they had it all figured out, I guess. And um, it's what we've been using exclusively to taste beers on the show for, for years and years. It's um, 
almost like a snifter. Has a little bit curved in the top, so that's why it has the tulip name to it. Uh, really thin glass. You can really crank heat into the beer. And now they have the barrel-aged beer glass. And if you sit them side by side, uh, on the website in the show notes, you'll see I, I made a photo where I kind of cut them in half. So you can kind of just see the left side's the beer tulip and the right side's the barrel-aged beer glass. A good comparison. Barrel-aged beer glass is taller. has a longer stem, but also has a higher bowl as well. Mm-hmm. The the mouth is exactly the same size. The um, the beer tulip might be like a half millimeter bigger, but I think it's exactly the same size. The width of the bowl at its widest point, I'd say, are, are exactly the same size. But the barrel-aged beer glass has a uh, steeper shoulder on the bottom. Yes. So I think that lifts the beer closer to your nose for a smaller sample than than the uh, snifter or the t- tulip. But also the bowl's taller, so you might be giving up proximity. One thing I notice, and let's see if you can take a look at it, and maybe you notice it too. Because the glass is thicker on the bottom, it's slightly harder to see the slight nucleation that's coming off of... It's, it's, it's slightly less clear. To see the nucleation that's coming off of this particular beer, which is very, very clear. Um, in fact, it looks slightly hazier in mm. the slightly thicker glass of the barrel-aged glass versus... It's, it's such a minor point that it, it, mm-hmm. it's... But, I mean, if, we're, if yeah. we're doing this kind of analysis, oh, sure. we should mention it. The other thing is that, um, and I mentioned this before when we were discussing this before the show, the stems are different. Uh, Jeff said that the stems on the stem is shorter on on the uh, Pilsner glass, but it's also thinner. Um, that was also a common breaking point. There is also a common breaking point for yeah. these glasses. The stem is uh, at least it flutes out, so it's thicker on the barrel aged glass. Uh, it, and I believe that the bottom of the glass, at least, it feels thicker. I'm not sure whether it is thicker. The bottom of the glass mm-hmm. itself. So that may have may let you at least on the Pilsner glass impart slightly more heat energy into the beverage with your hand just slightly i don't think yeah I, I think there's plenty of thin glass yeah. on the barrel aged glass that you can do the same thing i think that whole bottom design was revamped to keep it from breaking probably it, but it does feel different at least to me when i'm used to picking up these glasses because i am used to putting uh, my fingers between the stem and picking it up by the bowl yeah i'm so trained yeah, it's an old friend. Mm-hmm. So when I grabbed this other one, it's like, you're different. <laughs> what did you do with my glass? Now, what's interesting is I'm getting a better aroma off the barrel-aged glass Me than too. the snifter. Me too. And I think it's because there's more space there. Not much. I mean, it's only about a, a half an inch, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or what would you call that in uh, metric? Um, 50 centimeters? So, or 50 millimeters, rather. So actually, I didn't do a scientific job of seeing how many ounces are in each glass, but actually the beer is closer to the rim in the barrel edge glass for these two samples, just by, yeah, uh, half a centimeter, five millimeters or so. So not not a ton. Yours is different. Yours is... Yeah, so we don't have the... Five is better than 50... <laughs> Thinking like a different scale. All right. So in the barrel-aged glass, I'm getting something that is, um, the aroma is a lot more open on the thing. It's more floral, getting some kind of uh, 
little bit of like Jolly Rancher of sorts, you know, kind of like a mix of green apple, watermelon, yeah. something in there. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that like watermelon Jolly Rancher. I mean in kind of just some of the estery, estery compounds, yeah. yeah, that are similar. To that. But there's also a little bit of, an, of a alcohol aroma. There's a little it bit of more potent. A little bit of washed rind cheese in there as well. It's not very stinky. It's not very strong. I'm getting similar things from this. I, I let it sit for a while and sort of okay. gather. Okay, uh, kind of settle and yeah. But now, as I smell it again, it's harder for me to smell. Whereas this one, I can go right back into that. Mm-hmm. So, in this comparison with this beer, so far, it's so far, better for it's aroma. A better, yeah, oh, it's more tart than I was expecting. Me too. Um, on the website, did they mention that it's um, slightly tart? But this is. Really tart. It's, this is sweet tart's tart. Um, yeah, it has um, kind of a citric acidity burn to it. There is um, a little bit of funkiness. There's a little bit of washed rind cheese type mm-hmm. flavors in there. A lot of strawberry. A lot of yeah, yeah, strawberry. There's a there's a decent sweetness in the beer to kind of balance that tartness. You, you know, it keeps it from really being acidic on your tongue, digging into your cheeks. Um, it, it, the tartness still wins, but there's sweetness there kind of t- tempering the... Greg's going back and forth. Okay, now, I had this weird thing where I took it from the... Uh, the old glass. The old glass. And it, it tasted less tart. I was like, what? And then I realized, no, I just got used to the tartness. Mm-hmm. That's it. Um, yeah, lots of strawberry, a little bit of maybe peach or something. Um, it's pretty good. It is. It's it's really good. Um, I'm reading on here. Okay, I probably picked up strawberry from from the notes. White pepper, strawberry, and honey. They say on the notes. Um, honey, I can pick up. Strawberry, definitely. White pepper. That's a judgment call. That that maybe that's kind of borderline. If I'm imagining at it, at the or, beginning, or if just suggestion is helping. At me. the beginning of the when I first started sniffing it, there was this drier mineraliness to it, which could have been kind of a cracked pepper type aroma as well. White but, pepper but, is different from yeah from black pepper. Sure, yeah, you know, black pepper is much more aromatic and um, fruitier in okay. terms of its aroma. I mean, I'm not getting any more, but the beginning, if I was looking for something peppery, I was getting a little bit of peppery on the nose at the very beginning. This is 2016 Jillian from Goose Island. This is pretty good. Yeah. Inspired by an amuse-bouche often prepared by the wife of one of our brewers. Amuse-bouche is a... uh, or d'oeuvre. Let's see. Because um, I didn't know. I heard it before, but I didn't okay. know. Yeah, I've heard of it. I had no idea what it was. Uh, let's see. I'm looking up here. It's a single bite-sized hors d'oeuvre. Different appetizers. They are not ordered for, 
from menu by patrons, but are served gratis and according to the chef's selection. No, so this is so it's so there are there isn't one type of there isn't like something that's called an amuse bouche. Amuse bouche is sort of like if the chef starts a meal with something, it's okay. not on the appetizer list, but he's like, here, you know, you this is oh here, try this shit. Kind of. Well, so it, it's it starts the meal, but it's not like you don't order it, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um. So when drinking from the new glass versus the old glass, and so I'm going to need a couple more beers, I think, to figure this out. But it, the angle of attack, you know, as it's coming in, it, it's a shallower angle because the tulip doesn't curve in quite as drastically as in the old glass. It, um, I'm surprised I'm liking this glass so much because I love the old thing so much. But I, well, mean, I mean, it just, it's re, it, to me, it's a refinement yeah. on the design. It's not drastically different. And I, so far, I, I like the I mean, changes. in terms of what we've been able to get from this one beer, I believe it, it's delivering the same things that the other glass did with a better aroma. Mm-hmm. And the feel of it, aside from, you know, the slight different in the feel because we're used to the other glass, yeah. the feel from it is pretty much the same. The, um, I mean, the level of quality of the glass is the same. Uh, the thickness is the same, so it feels the same on your mouth, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, it plays a, plays a role. So, I mean, it, it's not like we're doing a drastic change. It's not like we're going from <laughs> like one one entire uh, company to another. It's still a Spielberg glass, <laughs> Pretty, yeah. but it's um, but so far one in, and it, and it looks. It's not a complete review, but I mean, it's a good start. It is, yes. Let's go to something that's not barrel-aged for the barrel-aged class. What do okay. you say? <clears throat> Let's get the dumb bucket out here so we can wash these out. Sounds good. Well, I'm drinking, what do you got there? This is Bigger Hop from East End Brewing. This is provided to us by East End. And a uh, friend of the show, Scott. Thank you, Scott. Yep, they recently, uh, they do mobile canning there. So they had the uh, canning guys in to can up probably Big Hop, I think is what he said. Mm-hmm. And they did a piggyback run of pounder cans of Bigger Hop, which is their double IPA. Why did you pour the whole thing in here? I guess I can pour some in this one. I just, yeah, I, you can do that. I want to do this. I still want to do the comparison. Okay. I'm not sure. Well, there you go. Now... You can put obviously more in this, in the bigger in, in the barrel age glass, and have the same headroom, right? So that's something. Well, we'd have to do a volume test, which we could probably do like at the at an intermission or something, because the bottom it's not as it's cl- it's a steeper shoulder at the bottom, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't hold as much beer down low. So I'm not sure exactly how many. Yeah, we have to more ounces a... of beer. That beer, that glass holds. Does he get an Ermeyer flask and just? <laughs> well, no, we can just top one off and pour it in the other one and see if it overflows. Sure, but what's, but if you want to be scientific, <laughs> you need a flask. Yeah. And we need to put on um, safety goggles too. So, okay, bigger hop, nine percent. It's it's an IPA version, double or a double IPA version of Big Hop, which is yeah. their IPA. Um, let me get. I don't think it's just more hops. I think the hops are different. Okay. In, in bigger hop. So, uh, 9% alcohol by volume. Uh, we recommend sharing it with a good friend. Well, there you go. 
the aroma is still better in the barrel age glass. Hmm. Let me do a little comparison here. We're doing the twist move where we tilt the glass a little bit, allow it to coat. Yeah, tilt the glass till the beer is about an inch from the rim. Don't tilt it so much that it spills and then just rotate the glass. We just stop using inch, right? Don't you like metric more? Sure. 2.54 centimeters. <laughs> about 2.54 centimeters. All right, so the aroma that I'm smelling on this one is it is fairly malty, but then there's kind of this tangerine hop fla- hop aroma that's coming through. It's there's a little bit of dank stickiness there, but not really much. Tangerine's kind of the main thing, and then supported by a kind of a malt backbone. Can you do something for me? Yeah, sure. Um, I gotta close my eyes. I want you to hold one up to your hold one to my nose. So I can smell it. I'll, t- I'll put myself away from the mic so you won't hear sure. me sniffing. I want to see if I can detect which one, okay. which glass it is. All right. So, because I, I think I can detect one, but I don't know whether that's uh, me or not. My, All right. My psychological. I'm gonna problem. give you three samples. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Sample A. Oh, can you lean forward a little bit? Okay. All right. Sample B. Okay. All right. And sample C. Can we sample A again? And sample C. Don't open your eyes until I put everything down. Yeah. All right. I had a hard time. So it was a triangle test. Um, two of those were the same glass. Yes, and then yes. One that's what was... I figured. Um, I'm going to say the first two are the same and the second was different. The third was different. Yes. And the first two were this glass. No. No. A and B were the barrel-aged beer glass. Interesting. I did notice a difference, but I couldn't... It didn't... I couldn't tell which one was different. Or couldn't tell which one was, was the barrel age. Could you tell which one? Which one did you like better? That's where I was that's <laughs> where know. I was confused. I didn't know. I, I um they both they they there was a difference in the smell. And I could tell that like C and A were different, and A and B felt like they were the same. But there, it's not the thing is that there, it's not like the Goose Island where there was a major distinction between the aroma. They, they mm-hmm. both smell pretty similar, right? Uh, and I'm not sure whether one is fuller or not. But based on just that, and that's only one test. Sure, just based on just that, I could tell a difference, but I wasn't sure. I wasn't right about which one was which. You 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 did you found the different one, so that that's something so in one test. In one test. But it it does. I think it. Yeah, sure. In in a sample set of one, it mm-hmm. shows that there is a uh, difference in aroma. Unfortunately, you couldn't tell which one you had a preference for. So 
So this is the bigger hop from East End. Yeah. They uh, they did a um, like I said they did that piggyback canning, and then they did a release. And um, <laughs> Scott used a little bit of marketing. He's like limited, so it sold out that day. <coughs> did Scott put some mosaic in this because it tastes kind of papaya ish? Uh, I would not be surprised if there was. And um, so yeah, very malty, much more on the malty side than than a lot of IPAs. Uh, it, it wears its 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 malt pretty proudly. Um, and kind of a honey taste mm-hmm. on that malt. Um, and then the hopping tastes kind of 2.5-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where there's a little there's, bit of a resiny stuff, and there's, but there's a bit of a tropical thing going on, too. Yeah, I think it has a nice level of that dankness mm-hmm. in there, right? It's, it's playing second fiddle to the tropical. Papaya is a good call. I wasn't thinking papaya, but that's really centers on the kind yeah. of flavors you're getting. And I, I think that the the little bit of Simcoe-ish type notes that are in there kind of give it the, a little more depth. A little more depth. And, and keep it from being too fruity. They also help kind of accentuate the honeyness in the malt. I think mm-hmm. that the dankness of the Simcoe or Simcoe-like, and you know, we don't know what hops are used here, sure. uh, are, are bringing out some of those extra um, sweet sweetness in the malt yeah you'll find the bigger hop on tap around town uh the four packs are all gone you see that this can doesn't even have labels on it Mm -hmm. it kind of saved me a four pack the other three cans are gone drink fresh (laughs) i mean all deference to scott i do prefer a phase three ipa more than uh Mm -hmm. the 2.5 ish um i am liking the malt backbone here um I, I guess part of me is like, wow, I wonder what this would taste like with like a mosaic galaxy <laughs> and a little bit of cascade as opposed to get, you know, me and the Simcoe are not always on good terms and it's a little bit sulfury. Okay. I, I like how it's most of the way there. I'm also more likely to criticize Scott because he's a friend. <laughs> I mean, <it's, laughs> yeah, I mean, we've been having his beers for better part of 12 mm-hmm. years now and you know i'm i'm happy to have this one on the show because i think it shows that you know it's something new it's not yeah. the same old big hop it's showing phase three type notes to mm-hmm. it it's uh you know and i enjoyed it you know like i said i tore through three oh, I think cans it's, I, I think it's really good yeah. it's um it's not my favorite i mean but we had some such good ipas recently oh sure that, i mean it is it's tough competition I'm happy, you know, I was happy to. I would like to see, see yeah, I mean, maybe if it was, if I want to try another ESAM beer that's not an IPA because I just mm-hmm. had, we had just some recently great IPAs. I just, um, uh, remember there was the IPA that said it changed, it will change your perception of IPAs. I don't know whether that IPA did it, but the recent string of them that we've had. Oh, I just drank the boom sauce that you gave me the oh. other day. Oh my God, that's so good. The recent string of IPAs that we've had have changed. I mean, I knew, I already knew that, you know, Phase three IPAs are really right. good, but they have changed sort of how I'm looking at IPAs. What now. you want, and out of like the best IPA. Yeah, yeah. I think it's done that for me too. You know, I'll have some. I had. Uh, I'll have to try to remember what the one, which one I had recently that surprised me. But uh, you know, like I said, this one I was happy to see. You know where it landed, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they have another hoppy big beer IPA called Green Giant that they do, which I think is all Citra. 
And, you know, so they're doing some, some pretty good, you know, pretty interesting hoppy things. But one of the beers you would probably would have loved, I had a growler of it, but um, it just didn't make, I didn't have it available for you to have some on the show for, you know, while well, it was still in good shape. Loaf, they, it, it's not kvass, but it's made with um, bread and then proceeds go to some kind of feed mm. the hungry charity type thing. It's called Loaf. And um, it reminded me like kind of like a Dortmunder. Or something mm. like that, you know. It was multi, crisp, clean. I really enjoyed it. Tore through a growler of it, and uh, maybe I have to try to get some more for you to try. I think that'd be right up your alley. I need to try pedal again. I haven't tried pedal in a while. Pedals are pale ale. Mm-hmm. I've been on a kick of um, when I've been out. I mean, last time I was out, and last time I had, was, was drinking was Tuesday. But um, when I've been out, I've been trying. Instead of jumping to the IPAs and stuff, I've been jumping to brown ales and uh, okay. pale ales and stuff. Like seeing if there's um, interesting stuff there that on the stuff that would kind of normally be skipped over. We've talked about this before, and but I haven't applied it as much in the past uh, couple of years as, as I'm starting to do again mm-hmm. now. That was cool. So uh, I opened this beer has a foil neck label on it over the cap, right? And I couldn't quite get it loose, so I just pulled the cap off through uh-huh. the foil. And when I popped the cap, the foil acted like a balloon and inflated. <laughs> <laughs> and this is a bottle of Old Numbskull from Alesmith. Alesmith barley wine, Old Numbskull. Eleven percent alcohol by volume, fifty-four IBU. Uh, I might have to try this again with the different uh, glasses, yeah. but I want—I need to calibrate myself first. Maybe I should, maybe I should do it to you. Maybe you can do that test. Of oh, the aromas? Yeah. Sure. First, calibrate yourself and... and uh... Well, no, I don't want to... Okay, you don't want to... I don't want to know which one... What to... I don't want a preconception of what okay. it smells like in a glass. Okay. I'll tell you what, this time we'll do five. I don't know if I can remember that many. All right, we'll just do three. Just do three. Are you going to walk around? All right. Here, you can use my microphone, too. Okay. Close your eyes. All right. Okay. All right. Yep. All right. That's number one. Okay. Number one. It was a little bit boozy. There's some multi toffee notes to it. Number two. That one was a lot more bread pudding. Okay. And this is number three. All right. Jeff is smelling. Okay. Can I have number one again? Number one. Number one. Number one again. Okay. Um, you can open your eyes. All right. So I'm not sure what my decision is yet, but I'm thinking through it. So uh, number three, I one and two seemed different, but then three was like kind of muted, and I didn't get... A really good feel for maybe I should have asked for three again, but I don't need you to come back around. I would say um, 
one and two. I would say one and two are the same. Okay, well, um, you're wrong. Okay. Uh, One and three were the same. One and and three were the barrel age class. And two was... And two was my favorite aroma. And two was the the original filter. I was wrong, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense, you know, because I was, I was kind of. This is why we, we like doing the blind test because it, it, it helps it to really put, you know, there's no bias. Yeah. There's, you know, if you can't, and, you know, not touching the glasses and, you know, you know, having a little piece of rim of the glass, especially with these glasses where mm-hmm. the, the, the rims are the exact same yeah. size. So we get, we should get assistance to pour gla- beer into our mouths. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or know what? We, I need to 3D print a, a handle so we don't know. Oh, yeah. So you can't tell which one you're well, there are those. There are those things for like the um, – like the uh, I've, I had one of them at the great, last Great American Beer Fest for the little, the little sample cups, things yeah. you could put a handle on it. But, you know, if we could get some kind of adapter so you couldn't feel the glass, mm-hmm. you know, then you'd be able to actually have a blind right. – because that was one of the things – uh, a while back, we were talking about blind glass tasting. Yeah. But, like, how difficult is that? Because you can't really touch the glass because you're going to figure out which one right. it is. Now, Well, we could do that with this one, couldn't we? Where would you hold it, though? I mean, if you held it, like, right here. No, no. I could serve it to you. Oh, we serve be careful. But the lips are the same. Y- yes, except... I don't know. I, I feel that having what someone you can do is have someone slap slosh beer into your mouth. Well, no. What, here, is what, not what if I do be this? The ultimate. I'll t- hold the glass and you hold my hand and you do the tilting. <laughs> that that's interesting. My my worry, my concern is that having someone pour beer into your mouth isn't the best mm-hmm. tasting. Now, if I turn your wrist, we'll give it a shot. <laughs> I don't know. It's been um, an experimental show so far. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I don't want to waste too much time. I like I like having keep my eyes closed I, while I, I do this. this. All right, all right, let's try. All right. <clears throat> I don't know how well this is going to work. I should go get my sleep mask from upstairs. <laughs> okay, close your eyes. All right, eyes closed. Okay, now put your hand. Here's my arm. Right. Okay. All right. Now get up your lips. Okay, that's one. All right, so sample number one. I won't. Oh, let's just get this over with, All right. and then <laughs> here's sample number two. All right. All right. And here's sample number three. Oh. I would have to say one and three were the same. Okay, you're wrong. <laughs> All right, I'm no good at this. <laughs> one and two were the same. One and two were the uh, barrel age. Okay. Then, then there's the whole tongues getting calibrated to the same beer because mm-hmm. like the third one seemed the maltiest out of all. Of yeah. Them. But you know, I think as we go, you know, so. It, it's it's hard. The thing is, you can't tell from one test. Yeah. You got to now repeat I, actually. Them. Drinking from your hand, turning your wrist, wasn't 
it wasn't that awkward. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's reasonable. If we think there's value in doing that kind of test, I think that kind of uh, mechanism could work. Okay, but, good. But I'm not sure there's value in that test. <laughs> not really sure. Now, if we were doing like drastically different classes. But then how would we, then you'd be able to tell just by the, the, the lip. Yeah, it depends the on how similar the lip is, right? Like, um, um, is it, R- not Riddell, um, or is it Riddell? Riddell makes a beer glass that I've always been pretty interested in. Um, and it has kind of a fine laser cut rim to it, as far as I know. So you might not notice, but like just a casual or not, you know, quick little sip. I don't know, but. All right. So let's talk about the beer. Which we haven't <laughs> talked about yet. Old Numbskull <coughs> from Alesmith. This is a, um. Nick would love this. This has a bit of age on it. It's November 2015. This is one of the beers I picked up for oh, okay. Thanksgiving Beer Club. I'm going to note that in the notes that this is 2015 version. But it's a, it's a, it's a barley wine, so... No, yeah, I mean, it, it, I just want to note that yeah. um, this is 2015 so that people know what you... Because nowadays with age ones, I want to point out which ones we're, we're, oh, sure. uh, we're drinking. Yeah, so it's a little over a year old. Um, I mean, they do say improves with age, yes, in capital letters. So Yes! Does Old Numbskull tend to be hoppy when it when they start? I think it does tend to be hoppy. Okay. So putting a year on it, it's going to just put it right into yeah. my sweet spot. There's still a little bit of hoppiness there. There's still there. hoppiness there. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like English. It's not all toffee and caramel and sherry. Uh, but the hops aren't very aggressive after a year. And there's actually a little bit of kind of grapefruit flavor that's peeking through here and there. There's a flavor in here. <clears throat> I'm trying to pick out. It's really... I like it a lot. And I, my brain is saying that there's a memory of this. Okay. But I'm not sure what it is. So I'm trying to, to figure out what it is. What kind of flavor is it? Is it a multi flavor, a hoppy flavor, or alcoholy flavor? It's a flavor that I can most compare. Flowery? No. Here's the weird thing. You're going to find this... I don't know whether you'll find this... Um, Illuminating or think it's disgusting or whatever, but it's a flavor I can most compare with um, the smell of uh, burning paper. Okay. When you when you burn a paper and then you blow it out and all that smoke gets released, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of a woodiness, um, with a bit of a charred sugariness. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. Sh- uh, I mean, there's there's a kind of a minerally dryness in the in the mid, you know, in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. There, kind of a finishes, kind of dry. We didn't talk about the aroma at all, even though we, we smelled it. We didn't talk about the aroma. <laughs> <clears throat> it smells like, like you said, like a bread pudding. Pretty alcohol kind of aroma, like eleven mm-hmm. percent. I mean, for being a San Diego barley wine, it it's a lot of malt, and it's year old. But you know, it's not you know that that hops and water that you tend to think mm-hmm. of, you know, from the San Diego area, especially you know even in barley wines. I, I it like it's really good. It is. 
it, you know, it, it's um, it kind of hits all the points that I like in the barley line. It's nice and sweet. It has those toffee notes. I think it has a, a good amount of hop balance, like enough to mm-hmm. to balance out the sweetness, enough to make you know that hops are there without overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, the age on it is is right in that case. If it tends to be more hoppy, I mean, I, yeah, like you say, it does. I, I I believe you, but I haven't. You know, I don't have fresh sure. old numb school in, right. in my brain, so I don't know. Right. Yeah, I, I think it's it's real good as well. I, I'd be curious to try another year on it to see if it gets a little more mm-hmm. velvety and luscious, you know. Uh, well, hopefully you have another it. one <laughs> that you're keeping. Not from this batch, but uh, there might be one back in the cellar that's a couple of years old. I'll have to go check. Yeah. There are definitely a lot of barley wines back there. Yes. Well, barley wines tend to be, tend to be one of the best beers to that keep right. I mean, one of the best. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's an easy one to the age. You gotta watch that they don't get too old. Um, remember right. when we were doing a bunch of Bigfoot verticals, right? Mm-hmm. After about five years or so, they start to get pretty. Oxidized. I'm sure you've got some five years back there at least. Mm-hmm. So we may we need to to break open some of those. Absolutely. It's, it's the winter, so it's it's the right time for yes. for this kind of uh, little cellar cleaning. Yeah. And if we're going to do that, then we have to have Nick over because he's a barley wine maniac. Fiend? Yeah. Yeah, we, um, we've got to have Nick on the show before he moves to Philly. Oh, he'll definitely be back before he moves because mm-hmm. that won't be until uh, until June. And then he'll be uh, back around in Youngstown in August. So he can still come on the show then. So you mentioned you play the Aquabats before. This is what we're going to play now for the um, for the commercial. Okay, okay. I, don't, I don't think I've heard this one. Craftbeerradio.com/slash/amazon. If you want to help support the show, that's really the easiest way because that, that's loud. Uh, <laughs> you want to support the show? Uh, easy way. You're going to do your Amazon shopping anyway. Just don't start at Amazon.com. Don't start at Amazon.com. You want to start at craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. You know this. We beat it into your brains. It's easy. It doesn't cost you a penny more. And it really does help us. Except for tax time. I'm working on the taxes now. It's like, ugh. Really? Is, it, is that bad? It, gets, it tends to be, yeah. It was like 30% last time. Wow. Well, so... Well, that's what yeah, that's about what the uh, saver is for me. I, I get yeah. the saver money. Jeff does the Amazon money. Yeah. I mean that's what it is. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's like oh, there goes one third of all our referrals, but the tax man needs his cut. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's we pay taxes too. So uh, consider that when you're buying. So that just means buy more stuff. Yeah, buy more stuff. So buy so much stuff that I don't care about the tax because it's like more money than I know what to do with. There you go. Thanks, everyone. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Buy new mics is what we want to do. Greg wants to buy these expensive Shure mics. I, they look awesome. They look awesome. That's, yes, because... They sound awesome, too. They sound awesome when people have good voices. <laughs> I sound like Kermit the Frog. Well, here's the question. Would Shure make your... <laughs> no. I, I, I'm considering buying one just on my own money just to see. Just to put it as my mic. I I think there's much better ways to spend 400 bucks. If everyone is using it, 
I mean, there's that old adage of, you know, whatever, if everyone jumps up a bridge, would you? And if everyone was, I might. <laughs> <laughs> everyone seems to be using, like, like all the, like, everyone uses those. All the big podcasts use them. And it's not huge expenses. It's 400 bucks. It's not $2,000. It's not $5,000. It's 400 bucks. <sighs> I, I, do you guys? We should ask our listeners. Do you think maybe we should try these mics? Maybe we should try to get our sound a little bit, uh, you know, more in line with the podcast here today. It'll make the the sniffs and the gulps even more pronounced. No, it won't actually, because you don't even need an air screen for these. That's the cool thing about them. You can be right up against well, them. The air screens are the pops. No, but I mean, you don't even need that. They're they're designed to 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 be integrated, so there's no pop filter necessary or anything. That has nothing to do with the swallowing sounds. I don't know. Does it? Yes, that's not sound pressure. That's the microwave picking up ambient. But there's part of the the mics are designed to pick up a specific frequency. They're designed to be vocal microphones. Oh, right. You need a noise gate. And then we found when we use noise gates that it sounds when we're... I don't know if you... I'm just wondering if if the mic... you're, You're basing that based on cheap mics. And I'm wondering if the mic plays a role. I could always get the mic and return it if I don't like it. Or if there's no big in, if there's no big improvement. Right? I guess you could. Um, I don't know. It's just that there's a lot of things you could do with 400 bucks. It's more fun than buying a microphone. Here, I can give you a little bit more out of this glass here. <laughs> I forgot I was pouring four samples. Name one thing more fun than plane ticket to Portland. Then I gotta get a hotel, gotta get a car. But it's $400 towards the whole damn thing. $800 towards the whole damn thing. Based on what's happening this year, I don't think we're gonna be able to go to Portland. Okay. Based on my medical issue this year, I think there's gonna be a little bit more sick days than I want. All right. Uh, I don't have as many sick days as you do. so Or, or PTO days as you do. So I don't know if Portland's going to be in the cards for this year. Okay. I mean, Portland does not be in cards for this year. I mean, that's just my yeah. opinion. I may, this is I may like, have to cancel my Eclipse thing. This is, this is post-show stuff. But, uh, you know, I just like... I don't know. I don't what is think... that money for if it's not for improving the show? And, and I would so, rather go do things with it, and then well, yeah, but, or, or buy beer instead of microphones. But says the guy with the empty fridge. Well, I'm gonna go buy beer. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you gonna go? I don't know. Somewhere. Whole Foods. No. Oh, ve. Yeah, you go, go to, to Youngstown. It's not far away. Yeah, go to Get beer. All right. Look at Whole Foods and get the Pittsburgh stuff. I mean, Pittsburgh is a better selection than we used to have. But still, if you, I mean, until that really changes, until you can get, like, good stuff in Cranberry, which you can't. All right. We're wasting too much time. Let's get back into the beer. Summit's Double IPA, Pounder Can, St. Paul, Minnesota. Okay, so uh, this is... Uh, 
sent to us by Summit. Thank you, Summit. They say uh, hop varieties from New Zealand with experimental U.S. hops. Uh, the hops that are utilized are... Okay, so Motuik is one of these. Um, experimental 07270. Oh, I love that guy. It's a palindromic number. I like that. Uh, maybe that's why they started with a zero, so it can be a palindrome. <laughs> I don't know. I guess. Why I'll start with a zero. Um, Orbit. I'm not sure about Orbit hops. It's minty, fresh like bubblegum. <laughs> Wakutu, which I believe I've heard of, but I don't recognize. Motueka, which we have recognized before, but we... Did vastly yeah. different things. And Azaka, which we do know. All right. So yeah, they're definitely pulling out like a bunch of yeah fresh new experiment, fresh new and experimental hops for this guy. So Wakatu is a dual purpose. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, Two thirds middle Hellertown Middlefra parentage, and lime zest. So noble plus lime. Interesting. Uh, now, if I do a Google orbit, that's not going to bring up a hop unless I type in hops. <laughs> I, I I wonder how much is the suggestion of what you just told me. If I just took a sip of this beer, and it does like what I'm tasting, what I'm dialed in on, it has this mm. hollow towel continental type flavor but then I mean, in the aftertaste mint. it gets this lime zesty thing i get mint actually you get mint uh orbit is not much information there is a little bit of like a um mint julep type mm-hmm. thing like we get the the minty muddled with the the barrel bourbon, you know, malty thing. There's a little bit of that in there as well. Sorry, I'm looking at these things on hops and I'm trying to get information on what they are. Um, <coughs> some places are, excuse me, <coughs> some places have more information than others. Uh, and I haven't figured out which is the best place to go for hop information. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm like jumping around here. Let's talk about the beer first, though. Sure. So the aroma on it is... It smells wordy, actually. The aroma is probably more of that Phase 2 dank Simcoe type aroma. It does, it's not... But it's not like super aromatic. It's kind of closed off. When you get into the flavors where I'm getting that interesting... There's a good kind of caramel malt type flavor to it, big backbone. And then the hollow towel, the continental type hops are kind of like the main flavor. And then it kind of has these little tangents of lime or mint or things like that. Okay, there's there's an interesting site that I just found called Hopsteiner where there's variety data on experimental 07270. Okay. And the interesting thing about it is they have one of these, like, graphs of flavor and stuff. Sure, yeah. Um, and this, the graph is more towards a little bit, a tiny bit in the citrusy and other, but mostly in the spicy. 
Uh, they say it's spicy, resinous, and tangerine, which is similar. They give a hop alternative of Apollo. That's the experimental number, 07270. I'm going to look and see if there's anything else for, for these other uh, hops in here. Because I like this site. Yeah, that's already. a cool, cool site. Yeah. It has the kind of hexagonal like um, polar graph of you know, different flavors. So you can kind of see, like, on the graph you can draw, like, in the different axes, right. radians, uh, like how much of each uh, characteristic that it has. Well, there's nothing there for orbit. At least when they search. For Wakatu, nothing there for Wakatu. So, uh, well, so Hopsteiner, they're a hop producer. Mm-hmm. So there might be just Some of these hops may be proprietary to yeah. other producers, right? So, uh, you know, that's the thing with the, the hop stuff. You know, yeah. ever since like Tomahawk and Zeus came out. Yes. Right? You know, these first trademarked, you know, hop producer explicit uh hops that at least i have become familiar with you know you have to go to different hop farms to to, to even source these things okay so back to the beer the summit double ipa so what i like about this is is well i mean we are we were talking about it for a bunch the experimental use of hops i mean they're, they're playing around with a lot of new and interesting hops um the the ipa base is is Decently malty, not overpoweringly malty. There's a, there's enough malt there to to give it a, a good backbone, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really overpower the hops that are, are sort of taking over and, and, and playing around. What I think is most noteworthy about this beer, I'm getting to the point where I have to talk slowly so I don't slur my speech, what I think is most no, noteworthy about this beer is that it has that kind of continental German-type, Halletau-type flavor, mm. but... It doesn't taste like an Imperial Pilsner. Right. It tastes like a double IPA, but it bl- brings in some of those continental some flavors. Some of those noble sort of spicy-ish flavors. But, but, but it doesn't go into that Imperial Pils flavor. It doesn't have that kind of straw-type mm-hmm. malt flavor. Right, It right. doesn't have... Or, or, that or Ritz cracker. Is right, and yeah. it's not too spicy. It, it, it definitely has more of a caramel flavor. So I think it's a neat... Neat blend of, of two different styles, or, or brings some of those German flavors into an IPA, mm-hmm. and it's unquestionably an IPA and not an imperial. Yeah, I Pils. think you're right because when you take a big sip, there is a component that says imperial pilsner to me in, in on my tongue because of okay. the the spicy notes, because of those Hillertau like notes. But the aftertaste is all double IPA, where there's. Uh, a good malt backbone, a good sort of alcohol burn, and uh, a lingering, uh, not bitterness, but a lingering sort of sweetness, um, and um, uh, yeah, just a lingering mm-hmm. you know, sweet note. Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting flavor. Uh, I like it a lot. I, I, I mean, it's good. Th- this this compares, I think, favorably to to some of the recent IPAs because. Not because it it's the same in terms of the um, flavors, but in terms of the um, the difference, right? The, the fact that it's different from other stuff that I've been tasting, uh, it, it plays a plays a role here. And th- and this is definitely different, and definitely has a lot of interesting flavors that are mm-hmm. unique. I'm thinking back to the other hoppy beers that the summit has sent us over the years. 
This is up there. I think this is probably second only to that hop silo. That mm. one that was that hop extract beer. Right. That one really rang my bell. That one was good beer. Well, Summit, I mean, you know, we thank them for sending us stuff. They always do. Sometimes it's not very good. Like, what, there, what was it? Was the there? 30th anniversary barley wine. We oh. had high hopes for that thing. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. But sometimes they, they, they hit. Uh, they they also really sent us a uh, black IPA, which will probably make it onto the show eventually. Mm-hmm. Or soon, needs to be soon since it's a black IPA. But you know, black IPAs aren't styles that I hardly ever have good things to say about. We did it in the pre-show last year, didn't last week? Didn't we? Didn't we? Yeah, we did. Do yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's sitting right here, so <coughs> we probably didn't talk about it all. But mm-hmm. we actually drank the uh, Summit Black IPA in the pre-show. I remember that being better than most black IPAs. I vaguely remember it. I don't really remember much. Okay, of it, so I can't. Uh, I can't comment on it. Yeah, but when they send me a a pounder of of double IPA, I'm like, oh, is it is hop silo? Is it hop silo? No, it's not hop silo. <laughs> I, I like that beer a lot. Well, I mean, they send us new stuff. Yeah, they send us you know they new. Stuff. I think hop silo was kind of a one time thing because yeah, it was kind of an experiment with hop extract. But uh, you know, we thank them, and, and th- this one works. Good, good job, Summit. Have you decided on a glass yet? That barrel-aged glass is a refinement on mm-hmm. the beer tulip. That, uh, that's what I'm going to stick with. I, I was not expecting to give up our workhorse, mm-hmm. our favorite beer glass in the entire world. But I think the barrel-aged beer glass is slightly better. Now, if you have a four-pack or eight or 12 of the beer tulips. Should you go out and spend $48 on a four-pack of the barrel-aged beer glass? It's not necessary. I don't think you need to upgrade. I don't think the improvement is is, is that noticeable. You don't need to spend 50 bucks on mm-hmm. a new four-pack of beer glasses. If you're getting a new glass, though. If you're getting a new glass, and you haven't paid the $10, $12 price per glass mm-hmm. price point... Go with the barrel aged beer glass. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with you. Now, how many of these do you have? Four. How many of these do we have? <laughs> 25. Oh, yeah, so we do have a lot of these, and sometimes just by the nature of the way life is, these... <laughs> the barrel aged beer glasses, the four won't be clean. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and that's not, I don't mean that as a slam on you, I mean that it's simply like. Look, life is complicated sometimes, and it's just not time to do. And when you're washing beer glasses all the time, yeah. So our last beer of the night is from a local beer brewery, another local brewery called Dry Log. This is we've had them before. This is this was a limited bottle release too. This is the plague. The plague. Wonderful name. It's a ale, uh, it's barrel-aged, it's, um, it has, they say, briar berries, right? So you got raspberries, blackberries, blueberries in this thing. It's in a French oak Syrah cask. They start with a Belgian-inspired stout and their French oak Petite Syrah wine cask, aged in unaged batches within blended and fermented over a trio of fresh briar berries. Which are red, like you said, red, red raspberries, blackberries, and blueberries. 
and ninety percent alcohol by volume, and uh, the other information is information that usually I don't mention, such as original gravity, nineteen degrees Plato or one point eight zero SG, and apparent degree of attenuation, which I was almost never shown. <laughs> but there it is, eighty-eight percent. I don't even know what that means. Eighty-eight percent of the uh, sugars. Of the dissolved solids dissolved have been solids. removed. I see. Uh, so it's also made with uh, bread. Yes, the story behind this beer is this is the only bottle I have left. Uh, limited bottle release. My coworker Justin lives in Millville, right near this place. You got a little more cloudiness over here. And now. look at the difference in color. Yeah. <laughs> Bottom of the bottle, top of the yes. bottle. Yes. <laughs> uh, so limited bottle release, the plague was coming out. My coworker Justin lives in the same town as Drylog, so he went out to get some. It was a four bottle per person purchase limit, so he got two, I got two. Mm-hmm. I sent a bottle to the beerists, thebeerists.com, and this is our only bottle. Now, I have had it on draft at Drylog. But uh, yeah, this is it, the plague. Don't you mean you sent it to the beerists? The beerists. I'm not sure what you're... Stop. You sent it to the beerists. Thebeerists.com. Okay. <laughs> People pay attention when you're silent. And when you do that, they oh, are you. more likely to, to listen. We have so much silence, dead air in our show. I'm but not sure. but the sudden silence, the sudden silence makes people like interesting. So instead of background music for a commercial, we should just have silence. Is what you're saying? Well, if we do, if we cut off the commercial suddenly, I, I mean, we, we we put in the background music for a reason. One of the reasons is so we know. I know personally, and I think you are the same way. When we listen to commercials on podcasts, we skip them. Having the music help somebody skip those freaking commercials if they've heard them over and over again. If you heard them over and over again, you know to go to our site that we talked about. So that's the reason why the music is there. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. I was trying not to make this a commercial. <laughs> well, you failed. That's craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. There you go. You can smell berries in the aroma here. I can't yeah. find so distinct... this beer. We, I should mention, you know, it pours kind of a dark, like ruby, like think of like quadruple type color mm. on this thing. But don't don't let quadruple. But, but the thickness, like the, the, the viscosity, is not there. Yeah, don't let the um, don't yeah. let the quadruple. Other than the color, yeah, it's not a. Belgian Abbey, it's not... It has more of a head than a quadruple would have. Uh, yeah. I mean, maybe Sour Stout is kind of where you're... Viscosity, we did, I'm doing trivia on Tuesday, and the, the question was, I didn't know the answer to it, and then it, the answer was viscosity. I realized as soon as I heard it, oh yeah, it, it was this property of liquid denotes the resistance to friction, it was viscosity. And I should have popped in there, but 
it was a whole thing of a physics question. Mm-hmm. I got all of them right except for that one. That's the one you missed, huh? Yeah. I mean, you led me into it, so I'm not sure what yeah. I would have thought if you would have, you know, came at me at the question angle. I don't know. All right, so when you smell this thing, you're getting notes of... The, the berries are coming through, but aside from the berries, I'm getting a little bit of tobacco. Okay. I'm getting... Uh, something a little woody. I mean... Is it... it <coughs> is it just the Simpsons, or is it real when I say I smell... Because you smell tobacco, and I say I smell... Roast tomato. <laughs> I guess. Potentially. <laughs> I've done this before where it takes, like, it's particularly cherry tomatoes um, because they have more flavor than regular big tomatoes. And I uh, can fry them up in a, in a frying pan and get them charred. And. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of tartness with them. Okay. And a little bit of a I've never of had, like, cooked cherry tomatoes, right? Cherry tomatoes are always salad things. Mm-hmm. You know, for me. I'd be up for trying them for sure, but I can't say I've ever had... They're really good. <laughs> a, ...a seared cherry tomato. Because that's sort of what I'm smelling. And the reason why I say The Simpsons, for those who aren't aware... They had an episode where they where Homer combined tobacco and tomatoes to make tobacco. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much about the episode, but I do remember that. <coughs> so this beer is not a sour beer. I mean, the Brett's in there. The Brett is giving a little bit of dryness, a little bit of mineraliness, but really any kind of tartness you're getting, it, it seems like it's fruit juice. It's it's very fruity. You don't think it's sour? I mean, it's plenty tart. It's got less tartness than a little bit less, a little less tart than the Goose Island, but not yeah. a lot. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I was tasting, I'm tasting, yeah, I guess you're right. I was I was tasting it more as like fruit juice, but I mean they're just berries, right? They're not going to be that much tartness mm-hmm. from from raspberries, maybe from blackberries, but not definitely not from blueberries. Probably not from raspberries. We don't know what 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 batch mm-hmm. of raspberries they got, but probably not from raspberries. From blackberries, there's tartness, mm-hmm. but there's a lot of tartness here. There's less funk than in the um, yeah in the Goose Island. There's more sort of straightforward. Fruit flavors and um, less out, less apparent alcohol as well. Um, but because of that, it feels a little less complex. It feels more like a kind of fruit juice spritzer almost. With a little bit of a... I mean, th- th- at the end, there's more of a, of a kind of malty sort of like charred thing. But... In while I'm tasting it, it mm-hmm. tastes more like fruit juice and and and, uh, and carbonated water. I think flight tonight is. I've only had this a few times, but I mean, like when you're at when I had this at dry log on tap, drinking mm-hmm. a bunch of other dry logs. This was like hands down the most nuanced beer. But you know, after 
some of the, the barley wine, these IPAs, mm. the Jillian, it does it does seem a little bit light on the detail. Yeah. Which is weird because the other times I've had this beer like three other times and it has not been light on detail. Well, we've mentioned before yeah. how flight plays a role in perception mm-hmm. and it's playing a role here. I, this is a perfectly good beer. In fact, it's a very good beer. Mm-hmm. But... It's not going to win the night. No, sure. it, it, it it feels lesser than the other beers we've had tonight. They're, they're nice when it could have won. Mm-hmm. But this is not one of those nights. As I'm drinking this, the um, the berry flavors are coming through a little bit more, especially like in the, 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 the really yeasty yeah. one. The bottom of the bottle. This was in a half half liter bottle. That's better. Oh yeah, a little bit. Want to try a little bit? Sure. It's a little muddier. It's got a little more complexion to it. it has more mineraliness to mm-hmm. it. it. It has more of a brown arc, brown ale character to mm-hmm. it. Right. I, I'm not ready to say more it's... More chocolate notes to it. Hmm. I'm not ready to say it's better. I think I like the, the clear I'm pour a little bit of this for in here. Do a little it. bit of the yeast combined with the pretty clear notion. Yeah, go in the kind of middle ground. Well, actually, the same thing. Pour a little bit of that in and pour a little bit of this in. No, 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 no. Pour some of your clear one into the barrel-edge glass that's empty. And then pour some of the yeast in there and see if that combination. There's probably some more yeast in here. Excites your fancy. Not much. That. I don't know if the process or the flavor, (laughs) but that tastes more complex to me. I don't like it as much. Uh, it seems a little more muddy. It, it does seem more muddy. More muted. I, I think I'll... This seems more fruit juicy, right? The original one seems more fruit juicy. Take that one and that one see and, and, and see what you like better. You know that burnt paper you are talking about earlier? Mm-hmm. I'm getting it in the yeasty mm-hmm. one. You know, it kind of feels like like parchment, papery, yep. burnt. You know, right. I'm getting that. I don't care for that as much. I'd rather have the more okay. acidic, uh, clear version of the beer. I actually prefer the yeasty version. I think the yeasty version has more interesting character to it. Well, this is a long show. Let's wrap this crap up. <laughs> uh, but, you know, one more thing, since this is really the Spiegel Beer Glass Smackdown. Yeah. Uh, if you have an investment in the beer tulip slash Pilsner Glass... You don't have to spend the money. No, on there's the... not. There's not a compelling reason to get to get the barrel aged if you have the uh, the original Pilsner glass. But if you're buying new glasses because you need more or you don't have any, buy the barrel aged glass. I think the barrel aged glass might be. Um, it, it's it, a small refinement on a great glass. Yes, right. It's, it's a refined version, and it might answer some of the questions that we that some of the. Very few issues that we have with the other glass. It might be more durable. 
I really don't want to do a brake test on it. <laughs> we don't get that kind of uh, money. Because <laughs> these are still $10, $12 a glass. But, okay. I mean, for, you know, we've talked about this. And if you've never pulled the trigger, you know, we still... I, I wish I had, like, <laughs> a way to, like... Offer like a money back guarantee that you will like these glasses, but then you know I, I worry about the the couple of a holes out there who yeah. will buy them and still want their refund <laughs> uh, because I am fully behind Spiegelau glassware. It's the best beer glasses on the planet, and we are not sponsored. <laughs> They've never given us a penny, no. other than some of the glassware that we smuggled out of Saber. I'm having a tough time with this. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it is kind of tough, right? Yeah. yeah the, the bottom end is kind of loaded. I have a winner, but I don't have a loser. I do. I, I have my answer. Okay. All right, I'm going to put the, uh, you know, for me, this is hard luck loser all around. I think all these beers are good. I'm going to put the Summit in last place. The, I like, what I like, something's crackling. Yeah. It's not the microphone switches. No. Huh. Huh. Sorry Cosmic rays. Yeah, sorry about the crackling, everybody. They probably can't hear. Most people probably can't hear. Most people hear. probably can't hear, but we can hear. Cosmic rays. Uh, all right, so I'm going to put the summit in last place. What I liked about it was I liked how it was that Imperial Pills continental flavors pulled into an IPA. And it was unquestionably an IPA. Uh, you know... But, you know, like I said, I really thought, like, I was looking for something like Hop Silo, something super saturated, super aggressive, super... I don't know if aggressive is the right word for Hop Silo, but, you know, I wanted something a little bit more. I'm going to put the uh, Bigger Hop from East End in fourth place. I liked the papaya, especially when you pulled that fruit mm-hmm. as the flavor. I, I really enjoyed how that was, like, you know... Oh, here's that crackling in the, in the <laughs> monitor. Uh, I just thought, the, you know, the, the bigger hop, you know, this is the first time I've drank it actually sitting and thinking about the other three cans I kind of just drank while I was watching TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I really thought that one was... Uh, actually, do I want to put that in... I wonder if, if the third microphone is on a little bit. Do you want maybe turn it down? There you go. It's gone. It wasn't that was was for? There's a stink bug or something crawling around on the <laughs> microphone. Um, you know what? I'm going to revise my rankings. I'm going to put the um, the plague in fourth place. Okay. Tonight, I really wanted this beer to rock my socks off tonight. I mean, when I had it on draft and and whatnot, I thought it was amazing. But you know, flight really. Ding this one, <coughs> and and while it was still a good beer, I'm gonna put it in fourth place. Uh, why why was it not amazing? 
the the tartness, the sourness that was in there was all fruit juice. There was it was lacking on complexity, like mm-hmm. you were saying. And you liked the character that the yeast gave it. I thought that actually took away. So it was a little more muddy. It was less of what I wanted. I'm put the East End Bigger Hop in third place. I uh, talked about that. That papaya was was really hitting me in a nice spot. Old Numbskull, put that in second place. This is 2015, November 2015, Old Numbskull. I loved that the hops had kind of pulled back enough and really was a great balance Ooh, on that beer. Yeah, for sure. Big malt flavor, some toffee, caramel, some booziness. I mean, it was really a really good barley wine. I mean, it, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to, how to word it, but it really hit me well. But, you know, that Goose Island, that Jillian, Gillian, Jillian, um, that one really struck me tonight. That had some some nice, more sour than I expected in yeah. flavor. But uh, it worked for me, so those are my rankings. Okay, so mine are very different. In uh, fifth place, um, sorry, Scott, but East End goes in last place. It's a... It's a flight thing, and it's also um, I wanted Phase 3, and I got 2.5. And the other beers were just a little bit more enticing to me. Um, not that I didn't like it. I, I, I really liked uh, the addition of... I actually really liked the, some of the stuff that was coming from the uh, more sulfury stuff. But at the same time, I just felt like the other beers hit me better. Uh, in fourth place, I'm going to agree with you on the dry log. Uh, it's, it's complex without being overtly so, or overly so, or at least comparable to the other complex beers that we've had tonight. Uh, and, um, it felt just more fruit juicy compared to like the, the Gillian. Uh, in third place, I'm going to the, put the, the Gillian, um, it was more tart than I expected, but I just felt like the other two beers for some reason hit me better. I I I, I liked it a lot. I really did. I thought it was really delicious and really good. And I may have some sipping afterwards, uh, you know, on the post show. But um, because I might want that a little bit more than an old numbskull, uh, just for driving home purposes. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, but. The Elspeth is number one, but in the second place is is, is the uh, summit. I really liked the experimental hops and what was going on there. I like the, uh, um, I just I, I just like what they were doing. I I, I like the playfulness of it in a sense. I, I liked the 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 interestingness of the hop. I like analyzing it. For the show, it was almost the perfect beer in a sense. There's so much to to, mm-hmm. to look at and and study and try to to figure out and 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 put it into weird columns of, of a of a uh, of an imperial pilsner slash double ipa thing that that's that's the kind of thing that that, that i love about the show about this show and, and and doing this sort of analysis stuff that it really works for this this show it may not be the the, the best thing of the bar uh, but for this show, oh, I think it was really, really compelling and interesting. It's a good point to bring, right? The mm-hmm. the ones we can really dig into and get excited about digging into them 
often leave us with a higher ranked impression. They're more fun to talk about. Yeah. So yeah, we we have this endorphin thing that yeah. says, yeah, that was a good beer because we talked about it. Because there was a lot to explore. Right. And just like I mean, like like a like a good painting has a lot to explore. Mm-hmm. A good a good piece of art has a lot to explore. And and I think that obviously we've been doing this show for so long, we definitely feel that beer is an art, and this is an interesting piece of art, a really interesting piece. I wouldn't say it's the best piece of art I've ever had, uh, or even the best mm-hmm. piece of you know, uh, you know, art in that genre that I've ever seen. But it was a really interesting piece of art that I like talking about. Sure. Uh, but at number one, I'm going to put the Elspeth because that just that hit all the buttons. Nice, it, nice. It, it clicked all those those buttons that I wanted, and it, it's one of those things that I, I've talked about it. Our last barley wine like exclusive show, I think I talked about it a little bit where I always am like worried about barley wines for some reason, but then I taste them and I'm like, oh yeah, barley wines, old friends, <laughs> give me a hug. There's something about like the, the I guess it's not a conjoner thing. They don't feel like sick the day after, but it's just I feel like. I guess more trepidation towards a large alcohol show, but then I taste them and I'm like, oh yeah, that's why I like this stuff. So, um, so Ailsmith's number one. There you go. Do you want to do my acrobats or your acrobats for the end? I unplugged my thing. All right, to so, try to mute the. So we'll, we'll sound, do we'll so. do this this one again, which I I, I think is great. This, this sort of superhero sequence erase. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. Visit craftbeerradio.com for more information. If you want to contact us, you can hit us up on Twitter. I am at Jeff Bear. At CBR At Craft Beer Radio for the podcast account, which the podcast machine answers. Uh, emails beer at craftbeerradio.com. And Aquabats, play us out. <laughs>